Chapter Twenty One of April's Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Ray Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. April's Lady by Margaret Wolf Hungerford. Chapter Twenty One who dares to think one thing and another tell my heart detests him as the gates of hell a little foolish going for that walk wasn't it says he leading her to a low cushioned chair over which a gay magnolia bends its white blossoms his manner is innocence itself ignorance itself would perhaps better express it he has decided on ignoring everything though a shrewd guess that she saw something of his passages with miss maliphant last night has now become almost a certainty i thought you seemed rather played out last night fatigued done to death i assure you i noticed it i could hardly with deep and affectionate concern fail to notice anything that affected you you are very good said miss kavanagh icily mr beauclerk lets a full minute go by and then what have i done to merit that tone from you asked he not angrily only sorrowfully he has turned his handsome face full on hers and is regarding her with proud reproachful eyes it is idle to deny says he with some emotion half of which to do him justice is real that you are changed to me something has happened to alter the feelings of of friendship that i dared to hope you entertained for me i have hoped still more joyce but what has happened demands he suddenly with all the righteousness strength of one who free from guilt resents accusation of it have i accused you says she coldly yes a thousand times yes do you think your voice alone can condemn your eyes are even crueler judges well i am sorry says she faintly smiling my eyes must be deceivers then i bear you no malice believe me so be it says he with an assumption of relief that is very well done after all i have worried myself i dare say very unnecessarily let us talk of something else miss maliphant for example with a glance at her and a pleasant smile nice girl eh i miss her she went early this morning did she says joyce scarcely knowing what to say her lips feel a little dry an agonized certainty that she is showing growing crimson beneath his steady gaze brings the tears to her eyes too early i quite hoped to be up to see her off but sleep had made its own of me and i failed to wake such a good genuine girl universal favorite don't you think very honest and very breaking into an apparently irrepressible laugh ugly ah well now with smiling self-condemnation 
that's really a little too bad isn't it a great deal too bad says joyce gravely i shouldn't speak of her if i were you but why my dear girl with arched brows and a little gesture of his handsome hands i allow her everything but beauty and surely it would be hypocrisy to mention that in the same breath with her it isn't fair it isn't sincere says the girl almost passionately do you think i am ignorant of everything that i did not see you with her last night in the garden oh with a touch of scorn that is yet full of pain you should not you should not indeed in an instant he grows confused something in the lovely horror of her eyes undoes him only for an instant after that he turns the momentary confusion to good account ah you did see her then poor girl says he well i am sorry about that for her sake why for her sake still regarding him with that charming disdain for your own perhaps but why for hers beauclerk pauses then rising suddenly stands before her grief and gentle indignation sit upon his massive brow he looks the very incarnation of injured rectitude do you know joyce you have always been ready to condemn to misjudge me says he in a low hurt tone i have often noticed it yet have failed to understand why it is i was right you see when i told myself last night and this morning that you were harboring unkindly thoughts towards me you have not been open with me you have been wilfully secretive and believe me that is a mistake candor complete and perfect is the only great virtue that will steer one clear through all the shoals and rocks of life be honest above board and i can assure you you will never regret it you accuse me just now of insincerity have you been sincere there was a dead pause he allows it to last long enough to make it dramatic and to convince himself he has impressed her and then with a very perceptible increase of dignified pain in his voice he goes on i feel i ought not to explain under the circumstances but as it is to you heavy emphasis on second affected silence you have heard perhaps of miss maliphant's cousin in india no says joyce after racking her brain in vain for some memory of the cousin question and indeed it would have been noting short of a miracle if she could have remembered anything about that apocryphal person you will understand that i speak to you in the strictest confidence says beauclerk earnestly i wouldn't for anything you could offer me that is that it should get back to the poor girl's ear that i had been discussing her and the most sacred feelings of her heart well there is a cousin and she you may have noticed that she and i were great friends yes says joyce whose heart is beating now to suffocation oh 
has she wronged him does she still wrong him is this vile suspicious feeling within her to be encouraged is all this story of his this simple explanation false false i was indeed a sort of confidant of hers poor dear girl it was a relief to her to talk to somebody there were others but none here who knew him you knew him then his name is maliphant too asked joyce ashamed of her cross-examination yet driven to it by some power beyond her control you mustn't ask me that said beauclerk playfully there are some things i must keep even from you though you see i go very far to satisfy your unjust suspicions of me you can however guess a good deal you saw her crying she was not crying says joyce slowly a little puzzled miss maliphant had seemed at the moment in question well pleased no not when you saw her ah that must have been later then with a sigh now you see i am betraying more than i should however i can depend upon your silence it will be a small secret between you and me and miss maliphant says joyce coldly as for me what is the secret you haven't understood not really well between you and me and the wall with delightful gaiety i think she gives a thought or two to that cousin i fancy whispering she is even in ah uh, you know i don't says joyce slowly who is now longing to believe in him and yet is held steadily backward by some strong feeling i believe she is in love with him says beauclerk still in a mysterious whisper but it is a sore subject with an expressive frown not best pleased when it is mentioned to her mauvais sujet you understand but girls are often foolish in that way better say nothing about it i shall say nothing of course says joyce why should i it is nothing to me though i am sorry for her yet as she says this a doubt arises in her mind as to whether she need be sorry is there a cousin in india could that big jolly lively girl who had come into the conservatory with beauclerk last night with the light of triumph in her eyes be the victim of an unhappy love affair should she write and ask her if there is a cousin in india oh no no she could not do that how horrible how hateful to distrust him like this what a detestable mind must be hers and besides why dwell so much upon it why not accept him as a pleasing acquaintance one with whom to pass a pleasant hour now and then why ever again regard him as a possible lover a little shudder runs through her at this moment it seems to her that she could never really have so regarded him and yet only last night and now what is it does she still doubt will that strange curious tormenting feeling 
that once she felt for him returned no more is it gone forever oh that it might be so end of chapter twenty one recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c